Well, good evening. First of all, I want to thank Jim for leading the songs he did this evening. Uh, to go along with the lesson, it's always great to be able to prepare our minds in that way. With When it goes along with the lessons, the, the words that we sing as well. Um, I want us this evening, as we, we start the lesson, to just start with reading a verse to kind of set our minds for what I uh, have to bring to you this evening. Uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 23, verse 27 through 28. Matthew chapter 23, verse 27 through 28. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. We find here something we find a lot of times from Jesus in, in his ministry, that one of the things that really hurt him the most was looking around and seeing all the things that were outward that looked maybe right to many people, but he knew the people's hearts, and he knew that inside there were so many things that were impure and that were, that were wrong. Today I was, I was attempting, and I say attempting because, um, well, if you come out to our house, you'll, you'll see exactly what I mean by that, but I was trying to pressure wash our house today. I'm not a professional. I know there are others that are. So uh, refer to them as student me if you ever need your house pressure washed. But I was trying to do that today, and as I was doing that, I was trying to make the outside of our house look clean to those who would come by it. But as I was doing that as well, I got to peer inside in our window of our house and see Annabelle sleeping, taking a nap. And it just dawned on me once again, the kind of the same message that we have here is that what's inside is so much more important than anything on the outside. We had inside that house something that was so pure in so many different ways, just sitting there, laying there in that bed. For us, many times, if you're like me as well, cleaning is one of those things we don't like to do. We do what we have to do sometimes to get by. Um, and a lot of times that means for a lot of us that's the outside, right? So at least we look like we have it put together when we go out. But a lot of times we neglect what's inside. And that's what Jesus had found here with these people, and with us today, we find a lot of times for ourselves, is what do we really do to spiritually clean ourselves? What do we do to clean the inside? So tonight, what we're going to go through, and I know it's not spring, that would have been more appropriate time-wise, but tonight we're basically going to go through a fall cleaning for ourselves spiritually, and seven steps to kind of help ourselves as we try to clean the inside of ourselves. So the first thing, if we want to cleanse ourselves, is to understand we have to cleanse our heart to become spiritually healthy. There are two really big parts to this. Number one, which is stated in the song that we sang earlier even, it says in Psalm chapter, 52, uh, 50, chapter 51, verse 10, it says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast st spirit within me. The first word there is very important. Because if we want to have and cleanse our hearts, it is not about us. It is instead about knowing that we must be dependent on Him. Because the action is not done by us creating that heart that's clean. It is done instead by God. And so we must have to understand first that we must be dependent on Him to cleanse our hearts, to create that heart that is clean. The second thing we find in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, it says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience 
and having our bodies washed with pure water. The first three words there are important. Let us draw, let us draw, and then of course that fourth word, near. In real estate, the three most important words are what? Location, location, location. The same is true for our hearts being cleansed and being holy and pure. Is that our location matters the most. Drawing near to Him matters more than anything. So if we want to truly cleanse our heart, we must understand that He must be the person that we count on and that we must have the location that we must draw close to Him to cleanse it. So once we've started that first step of cleansing our heart to make it spiritually clean, to make it spiritually healthy, we must understand that we must deep clean our mouth inside and out. This is a part that when I clean, I don't do a very good job of. And you can uh, ask my wife, she will attest to this, I'm sure. Um, one of the things that when I clean, you know, I get the things everybody sees, right? The obvious stuff. But I think that sometimes the problem for us is that we don't deep clean as we think about spiritually cleaning. And that's the second step for us is to deep clean. And that means to get this parts that maybe we miss. But those spots make things come out later on. For us, we must deep clean, and that will lead to the outward things that happen there too. So when we think about our mouth, I'm not just talking about bad language. That's the obvious. A lot of times, let's be honest here, a lot of us have a great job of making sure we don't have bad language. Go back to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. They probably didn't have problems with bad language. But what we have here, what Jesus challenged them of those days, was to deep clean our mouth and instead to be thinking about what are our thoughts? Do we have negative thinking? Are we pessimistic? And even further, if we read the scriptures, he even has this, a more of a challenge for us. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, a verse that we all know and may have memorized, it's so easy. It says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Let me read again, though. Do everything without complaining or arguing. This one, if we think about it, and we really apply it to what we actually are doing in our lives, that one's probably a lot tougher for us as we're looking inside of ourselves. Not even always complaining out loud, but even complaining internally at times. It doesn't say here, you can complain about everything except, or you can't complain, uh, you can't complain about everything, but you can complain about politics. Or you can complain about the preacher going too long. Or you can complain about this, or your, your co-workers. It doesn't give any stipulations for us. It says we have to deep clean, we have to get so deep that we don't complain about anything. And we're not arguing about anything. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, that's difficult. That's where we have to truly look and deep clean. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. The overflow. So that's the thing. A lot of times we think about just those things that we say. That's what somebody's heart is. But really, all that is is the overflow. That's the extra. There's so much more deeper inside of us that we have to clean if we really want to get down and be what God wants us to be, to be pure. So the second step is to deep clean. The third one is probably one of the most biggest areas of struggle for us, and that's to renew our mind. We all know this verse, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love Romans chapter 12, verse 2, because it's an if-then statement. The if is that we must not conform to this world. I think this one is, is very difficult for at times, and we're not willing to understand or 
sometimes we even put this one in a box. I know when I was young, I got preached this lesson a lot when I was in the youth group. They, because of peers, right? Don't conform. Don't be like your peers. But I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's as much or more of a problem for us as adults than it is even as, as teenagers. Because I think sometimes when we become adults, we give ourselves more of a pass than we did when we were younger. Because when we were adults, we think we're, we're mature enough that it doesn't affect us. It doesn't affect us what's in our mind anymore. But the, the reality is that we let ourselves conform to the world. How are we truly different on the inside versus everyone else? But it says, do not conform. But the, the key here is that's an if statement. If we don't conform, then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that's what's scary about this. If you think about it, if we are truly being conformed to the world, then that means that we don't have the second part of the verse. We can't truly test his will. We can't truly be living out his will if we've conformed to this world. So the question for me and for you today is we're cleaning and we're looking inside of ourselves here so we're looking to renew our mind, have we over time started to conform to that what's around us? And if not, how have we not conformed to it? So something for us to think about as we go forward. But 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And the second part of this verse is amazing. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let me read that again. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is a challenge, I don't know about to you, but to me tonight, is are we taking captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ? Every single thought. Think about that. Every thought that goes through your mind. I don't, I don't know about you, but that's a tough challenge. Every single thought, is it being captive to him? And if we're able to do that, then we're able to renew our mind. Because that's what it's supposed to be, renewed. And they think about that as we're cleaning this house here. Not only do we want to be clean, we want to be renewed. We want to be close to what it used to be like. Going back to the first point here, sometimes when it's nice, I don't know how many of you have sold your house before, but when I used to, uh, I owned a house before I met Kelly, and I had to try to sell the house. And you can imagine it was me and another uh, college student was living there renting a room from me. I had to pay a professional because there was no way anyone was going to buy that house from a bachelor that had been living there for a couple years. Because we had to renew that house. We had to make it look fresh. It had to look completely new. And that's the challenge for us here that God wants for our life. He wants it to be renewed. He wants it to be like nothing else out there. Not to be conformed to the rest of the world. Because let's be honest, a lot of us as we look at our houses, a lot of times we're looking at, hey, it's not that bad, right? It's not. But the challenge and the thing he wants for us is not to be okay, not to be all right, but to be renewed to have something a better, a better standard not to be conformed to the standard we see around us, to have a higher standard than what everyone else has. So step through is to renew our mind. The fourth one then is to clean out our spiritual closets. I don't know about you, but closets are one of those things, a lot of times we hide things in it, right? If you don't want people to see it, guests are coming over, where do you put everything, right? You just put it in the closet and you hope they don't check, right? In our lives, we have to, at this point, we renew our mind, but then we have to check. We have to check those spiritual closets and see what have we hid in there. For us, as we look at our spiritual life, that, that's our hidden sin. And we have to be honest with ourselves at this point, too. This is probably the tough thing. I told Bill before he asked, asked if I was going to step on his toes tonight, and I told him, no, I don't know if I'll step on his, but I know I'm trying to step on my own tonight. Because if we're honest, we all probably have a hidden sin. We all have something that we're hiding. But to really have that cleanness, to have that purity of heart, we have to get rid of that hidden sin. 
The Bible tells us how to do that. In Psalms chapter 32, verse 3 through 5, I love this passage. If you're going to turn to one tonight with me, I challenge you to do that, that for this one. Psalm 32, verse 3 through 5. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity, I said. I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Such a strong passage here. It talks about the process here of what he was going through that day, the anguish he was going with, through because he had the sin and sin. The sin was heavy on his heart that whole day, just like the heat bears on us during the day, just sapping us of energy. And that's what hidden sin does to us. We don't even realize it, but it's there, sapping our energy from us every day. And all we have to do here, just like he did, is confess it. You know, obviously we don't believe in the confessionals. We don't believe in a lot of things that uh, the others do as far as the, the Catholic Church. But one of the things that's interesting in there is that concept of confessing our sin. Confessing our sin to someone. How often do we truly have the sins that are hidden? Do we have the, the guts, the strength to confess to somebody else? God says if we confess it, he will forgive it. And we'll have strength because of it. Are we taking advantage of that to make sure that we clean out our spiritual closets? Fifth step is to release the unforgiveness and bitterness. Sometimes we have sin that may weigh us down, but sometimes it's also the fact that we haven't forgiven others. We have that bitterness. I, I compare this to the base or to the attic. A lot of us have those attics that we put things to. Once again, they're hidden, but a lot of times we keep them because we're so familiar with them, right? It's not that we're trying to hide them as much. I mean, we kind of are in the attic, but mostly it's just because we just don't want to let them go. Because we're so familiar, we're so used to it, we just don't want to let it go yet. That's how it is sometimes with our bitterness that we have, our anger. We're so used to having it in our life, we're not ready to get rid of it. But we need to, to really clean out our lives. In, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. That's the thing that's... It's, here is where we're cleaning it so often that maybe we get one or two steps. We get a little bit of the clean done, but we don't do all of it because we're able to progress. We're able to live our lives normally. But it says here, if we don't take every part of it, every weight, we can't make the progress God wants us. It slows us down. It hinders us as we go through this life. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 through 32, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So the question is, we're, we're cleaning out our hearts this evening, is, is there any of that bitterness that's there? Is there any of that that you haven't forgiven someone? If so, just like it challenges you in the New Testament, make that right, that, make that right with that person, or with whoever it may be that you have that anger with someone. Now we've talked about all these different things to, to kind of clean things out. The last two things is we... Our cleaning is, how do we keep it that way? I don't know about you, that's probably the most frustrating thing sometimes, especially if you have two little ones. You clean, and then guess what happens the next day? It goes right back to what it used to be like, or at least close, right, very quickly. 
So the key for us is how do we maintain this heart that needs to be clean? The Bible says that we need to involve Jesus in our daily life. That is how we maintain that, that clean heart. God wants more from us than a holiday relationship. If you relate this to, if you think about spiritual clean, cleanness, it's like a lot of our times in our house. Sometimes we do a spring cleaning. Maybe we'll do one other cleaning when the relatives come over and some things like that. But we don't deep clean, especially we don't clean on a regular basis. A lot of times we live our religious lives like that, where we think, hey, if we just do it on the occasions that we're supposed to, we'll be okay. But the Bible says here, instead, we are supposed to, he wants a relationship that's every day. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 56, verse 13. Another one here, and, and, and Psalm just is such a, a great book. As you look at it, obviously, David, the writer of the book, had so many different things he was struggling with, with sin of himself, that he had to get his life right and get his heart right. Psalm chapter 56, verse 13, it says, For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I walk in your presence, O God, in your life-giving light. He says here that now, now he walks with God. And because of that, he's able to keep him from slipping. For us, that's the challenge for us, is that every day we should have that relationship so that we don't slip, so that we can follow him and be in that light. Not only is this a good thing, because we don't have to do a big cleanup later on, but it also allows us moment by moment to have a life that is refreshing, a life that is different than what we've had before. I don't know about you, and this is... When, when our house is cluttered, it's one of those things that's just on your mind sometimes. It's just a mental thing. It's, it's just not as good when you're in there. You don't feel it at home as much. It's even more the case when you have that in your spiritual life. But we can have a life that's, that's fresh, moment by moment, if we allow him to be part of it. And the last one's obviously the, the most important, the seventh one here is, we need to enjoy, to learn to laugh at ourselves and at life. You go back to, to Annabelle and her being in that house. To really enjoy that house if it's clean, to enjoy that, that part we have to understand we have to enjoy it. We have to laugh at it. We just can't sit there with the couches covered in plastic and just act like we can't live in that, well, that we can't laugh and can't enjoy it. Instead, we have to enjoy it. We have to have that laughter, have to enjoy it. That's how God made us. He wanted us to have that. Turn to Psalm chapter 28, verse 7. It says there, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to him in song. It says here, I love the, where it says, my heart leaps for joy. How often is your heart able to still leap for joy spiritually? Because it's clean, because the relationship it now has with Christ, with God. The same book in Psalm 100, uh, chapter 126, verse 2. Be our last verse this evening but another very strong one for us. It says, Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. Let me reread that one more time. It says, Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. This goes back to the, the first verse that we read. We read about the Pharisees and the, the teachers of the law. They were not being 
they were not bringing people to, to God because of how clean they were on the outside, how much they prayed in public. What we see here is what the example is of how we bring others to him. When we clean the inside, when we have that, cre- uh, we have that clean and pure heart, it's going to show to others. We will have a joy like no one else. We will be like no one else. So the challenge for us in, in this evening, for all of us, is to clean our hearts, to, to take those steps to clean it, to live the life that God wants for us. This evening, if, if you haven't entered into our relationship with him, if you haven't confessed your sins, if you haven't confessed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, repented of your sins, taking him on into baptism so you could have that new life with him, we challenge you to do that this evening. If you're like many that are here tonight that you've already done that, but, but now you want to take that step to be able to have that clean heart, that clean conscience before God, so that you can really have the life that he meant for you to have, I challenge you this evening to do what it needs to be done to be right with him. If we can help you in any way, please come forward as we stand as we sing.